0: The podcast is also sponsored by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music on Instagram at ITZTiger.Music. You can find all his work on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. He does all the music and tracks for the BlockHash podcast. Go check him out. Also, don't forget to check out BlockHash Plus on Patreon. This is something that's new where you can learn more about trading, technical analysis, and charting all for the price of two cups of coffee a month. That's pretty damn cheap. Sign up at patreon.com slash blockhash. And last but definitely not least, Blockhash is offering consulting for all your blockchain needs. Buying, exchanging, selling, safe storage, tokenization, NFT creation, point of sale, you name it. We can help you. Go to blockhashpodcast.com slash consulting and let's talk. What's up guys? It is Friday, February 5th. Today on the podcast, I have the infamous Blockchain at Berkeley club from Berkeley with Andrew Kurilov, co-head of education and Nishan D'Souza, co-president, talking about what they do at Blockchain at Berkeley, how they promote blockchain education, what they're doing for students, what they're doing outside of the club, and so much more education just generally under the fintech umbrella is really important to get more people interested in wanting to work in the space and grow the entire industry so as always be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain blockchain at berkeley and these awesome guys enjoy All right, Nishan, Andrew, how are you guys doing? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Pretty happy to be here. Yeah, doing well. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome to have you guys on. So before we jump into everything, uh, tell me a little bit about both of you two, what you guys do, um, so that my audience can get a little bit of an idea of like who you guys are and you know what what you guys are coming from.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can kind of start off. So I'm Nishan. Uh, I'm a third-year CS student at Berkeley. I'm also one of the co-presidents of Blockchain at Berkeley. I joined just about four semesters now. This is kind of my fourth semester in Blockchain at Berkeley. Mm. Um, I joined and kind of with that interest in security, and that's what kind of got me into this Blockchain thing, joined Blockchain at Berkeley, fell in love, Um, kind of a little love story there. And I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from Fremont in the Bay Area. And yeah, that's a little bit about me.
2: Yeah, and so for myself, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. I had to come out over to the Bay, you know, for college. I was really excited about the whole Silicon Valley entrepreneurial mindset out here. Um, and yeah, I got into blockchain at Berkeley, actually coming from an interest in like uh, cloud stuff and distributed systems. And now it's uh, my third semester here, and I've moved on to be co-head of education, which is, uh, I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, guys. So are you, What what is... The thing that got you interested in wanting to join blockchain at berkeley like was it the club itself or was there like an outside you know source that sparked your interest
1: yeah i can i can start us off there um for me yeah it really was the college organization side of things that got me into blockchain at berkeley um i had a couple of friends who were in this club already and I would always be talking to them with my close friends, and they would always hype. There was always hype up. Oh, you got to join Blockchain at Berkeley, man! You got to join. It's it's such a cool club. And then the summer before, um, I think my first introduction, just what the concept of Blockchain was, was um, reading about Libra over the summer and diving into that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would talk to my friends about that. Then and like, and they're like, "Hey, um, if you really want to know what Blockchain is all about, come to Blockchain at Berkeley. You should apply in the fall." And from there, the love story kind of started. So that's kind of how I got into the whole blockchain at Berkeley thing.
0: Nice, very cool.
2: Yeah, for myself, what made me like wanna go to blockchain at Berkeley as a club specifically, uh, was honestly how how tight all the members are. You know, we've got a lot of clubs here on campus and a lot of them do really amazing things. Like they've got great clients and they've got great projects. Um, but it's, I think it'd be hard to find another club that is as like passionate on a per member basis. Like everyone in, in BAB is so passionate about the blockchain space and you really feel it in our everyday conversations and it, it translates to a great work and experience. Like it's really fun to be on these teams. And I've seen like my roommates and stuff go on their like weekly meetings for their clubs. And I don't know, it's just not the same. They're not as just invigorated about what they're doing. So that was a huge pull for me. And I mm. think it is for a lot of the, the other students.
1: Yeah. When I, my first real introduction to the club formally was at our info session and there I had seen one of our ex-presidents, Gloria, who's now a Bitcoin core contributor and among things like that. And just seeing her so passionate about this thing, blockchain, which I'd barely known about, it was really inspirational. It made me feel like, oh, maybe I could find my own passion or path in blockchain at Berkeley.
0: Yeah, it's probably really cool to be around people all the time, you know, through the club, you know, that are constantly passionate about it, just like in the space because you get to be around uh, the same type of people. So that's got to be a really cool experience for you guys.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. Honestly, it's a uh, it's just fun every day. Like the meetings are not a drag, you know, which is a huge plus. I think it's a lot to ask for.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about blockchain at Berkeley. Like, what is it? What's the goal? What's the purpose of it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can kind of start off there and then pass to Andrew. Um, To me, Blockchain at Berkeley has like kind of a two-sided thing. First off, we are trying to be the gateway for Berkeley students, students at Berkeley to get into the blockchain space and find their way to be a builder in the blockchain space. Um, What we kind of do is we bring in people with a interest in blockchain and offer them absolutely an opportunity that we can to be a builder in the blockchain space. So we have a couple different departments, which I think will help highlight this best. So we have consulting department, an education department, an external department that covers a bunch of things. I'll kind of cover consulting and external and Andrew's side of education. he will kind of handle the education thing. So I joined Blockchain at Berkeley as a consultant, um, as a developer. And what you get to do as a consultant developer is work on a bunch of projects with blockchain companies, Fortune 500s to build other proof of concepts or products for them to then hand off to them. So for me, in my first semester, I got to work on a cryptocurrency for the club itself, which we call Babcoin, blockchain at Berkeley coin. Mm. Um, I then went on to work on a project with Microsoft and also build a DEX, which is a bunch of fun. So basically the consulting department is a bunch of cool projects. Then in things like the external department, These guys help us form our external voice, form connections and build relationships with people around the blockchain space inside the external department. We have our biz devs team and this is where you get to host meetups and conferences and that sort of stuff. So another set of opportunities there. We also have a startup accelerator inside blockchain at Berkeley as well. Um, That's something that I was able to lead over the last year as well. So probably one of my favorite experiences ever, which is really a lot of fun. The ability to have a startup accelerator in Berkeley is quite unique and a startup accelerator that Berkeley students can work in is even more unique so a lot of fun around there. I'll kind of let Andrew take the education side too and what he loves. Cool, yeah cool.
2: absolutely. I mean on the education side of things we've got a, a number of resources that we offer and that we're constantly working on like our decals which is uh, something that Berkeley has where students can actually teach a class to other students for credit. Uh, which is great. Those are sort of our, our bedrock. And we've even moved on to have like a, a webinar. We did like a full recording of our curriculums worth of content and a webinar, and that's on YouTube now. And we've got our edX courses where you can uh, also go through our content, but now you can like receive a certificate for it. We've got like over 160,000 students that have signed up for our edX courses and we get like uh, messages from them saying that, you know, this gave me the confidence to, you know, maybe leave my day job and, and go into crypto, which is It's crazy to see that we've helped someone make that decision, but um, it it really helps to remind us the sort of impact that we have just given how early the space is. Um, You know, at Berkeley, we don't even have any classes that teach blockchain. Um, I've only heard it mentioned twice uh, in like other classes, once in operating systems, um, just sort of in in passerby. And we're also we have our computer security class. Um, And the professor that usually teaches this is infamous for hating on blockchain and cryptocurrency. So that's kind of all that we get from our faculty. So when blockchain at Berkeley comes in with our own content. We're really helping to actually put the word out there on like how we think blockchain should be taught. And a lot of our members will go on into the industry and sort of carry the school of thought with them. So we try to take it pretty seriously.
0: Yeah, there's, there's not, well, obviously not a whole lot of for credit, you know, classes on blockchain yet. But, you know, I think we're getting to the point where, you know, the demands there, you know, students want to learn about this stuff, the technology is more established. I imagine that even at Berkeley, you guys will start seeing it pretty soon. But is that something that you guys as a club, you, you push and advocate for?
2: Yeah, you know that's something that we're hoping to see really soon is see like an actual blockchain research lab open up on campus, and we are actually uh, trying to get some momentum going behind like a proposal for this. But like you said, it's uh, it's still early, and that's like in the works. But yeah, that is uh, more so in our on our short term horizon now, I, I think.
1: Yeah, that's we true. see guys like MIT building out their own digital currency research groups, and we we come to Berkeley and we're like, hey. We've got blockchain at Berkeley, but we really want to see university presence around here. Um, So kind of pushing them there. Yeah,
0: that would be fun if you guys could get that and you could get students developing and, you know, creating things all the time.
1: Fingers crossed, you know.
0: Obviously, you guys are doing a lot of stuff at Berkeley, a lot of stuff to create this gateway for students into blockchain to learn more about it as best as you can. What are you guys doing outside of Berkeley for the club? Have you guys worked with any Projects across the country? Have people reached out to you? Um, Is that something you're hoping to do more of?
1: Yeah, um, I can kind of go over some of the couple departments and how they kind of work externally because it is pretty extensive and I can just do a little bit of storytelling. Um, First off, there is the consulting department. And under the consulting department, we have these things we call external projects. And external projects are for this purpose specifically to work with companies in the blockchain industry. For people to get that taste of what it's like to work and build on a open source blockchain project so just for an example um last semester i worked with dapper labs um kind of the guys who first created crypto crypto kitties way back yeah um, and i worked with them on their flow blockchain to build the decks for their blockchain and to do that i was working with a bunch of people from the dapper labs team trying to understand flow and how to deploy contracts and really build the decks properly through things like that the whole team was able to meet people from Places like Uniswap and Sushi Swap, so true dexes. It was it was a great experience. So, in these kind of external projects, we're getting to really understand what the blockchain industry is all about. Of course, we have the startup accelerator as well. So that's bringing startups not only from Berkeley but from around the world. So guys like Akala, who might be a familiar name from Polkadot, were actually part of the accelerator, um, which is really cool. I think in the last cohort, we had companies from almost all seven continents. Um, of course can't have Antarctica but yeah mm-hmm. um almost almost all of the continents. was just pretty cool stuff um along with that in the kind of open source vein of things we do have members currently working on open source in things like bitcoin we have an entire squad who kind of work on open source bitcoin and we work with Chaincode code labs to kind of get people interested and educated about bitcoin itself and then the last final thing which is a little more recent is how we've kind of dived into DeFi governance. So from our growing relationships with guys like Uniswap and Compound, we've been able to be delegated a their, govern, their governance token stake. And what that means is that as blockchain at Berkeley, we get to meet up, talk about proposals, vote on proposals, make our own proposals. And we're really working with these DeFi companies very closely in that way. So much to the point where just yesterday, we started a shared Slack channel with Uniswap itself, which was kind of cool to have Hayden Adams in our Slack. Um, it was kind of a mind blowing moment for me. So a lot of things like that. And there are many, many others under kind of Andrew's reign as education as well. So Andrew, I'll let you take it over. Yeah,
2: I can uh, offer a little more context there. I mean, there's a lot of overlap actually in what we do in the education department and in consulting. So for example, we also like really love contributing to open source in education. Uh, For the most part though, for us that's looked like uh, creating our own projects and sort of releasing them to the community. Um, as opposed to going out and contributing directly to Bitcoin Core, because we have fun like pursuing our own ideas. It's something that we definitely want to keep around in the education department. Um, And we'll also do collaborations. Like uh, we're pressing into a a research collaboration with Token Terminal, trying Mm -hmm. to see if we can build uh, models to evaluate like decentralized exchanges. And we want to push more on that front um, about like doing a collaborative research in like a, a public open source way uh, with various like companies or people that were interested in the space um, and as always we've got uh, sort of a steady stream of speaker events um, and you know uh, similar like deep dives with industry figures um, and this can come up in a number of ways like we have our white paper circle series where you know maybe a member will do a deep dive on a white paper and then we'll have uh, you know someone from the project come in and give some context and do like a little uh, a little Q&A session after. And we've had similarly like a DeFi discussions where Nisha actually did most of the explaining about basically everything in DeFi from stable coins to like borrowing lending markets, yield farming, et cetera. And -hmm. we had like a bunch of people in the space come and talk to us there. So every once in a while, we'll just get uh you know we'll get on a Zoom call with someone in the industry and uh, have a lot of fun like riffing with them.
0: What are your guys' thoughts on DeFi? I know it's a huge topic going into 2021 and gaining a lot of traction last year, and it seems to be where everyone's putting their time right now. Do you guys have any thoughts on that stuff, or are you guys um, looking to do collaborations with DeFi projects, or what's on your guys' horizon with that?
1: Yeah, honestly, when when you're talking to me and Andrew, you're talking to guys who just adore DeFi at heart, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's all we talk about. We, we send each other tweets all the time. We talk about it and we meet up all the time doing little deep dives. So it is sort of our own personal passion. And to me, at least now as a student, what really got me into DeFi and what I think is so cool is it's a great time to be a builder in DeFi. It's getting to the point where students like me and Andrew can experiment around DeFi. Of course, having to deal with things like high gas, but in this time that we're working in right now, I think it's the, it's the perfect time to be a student, to try and learn, be a builder, work on projects, work open source. It's kind of, DeFi to me has kind of created a new paradigm in my head about what I can do, even just career-wise, even just mm-hmm. being a software engineer. Um, it's kind of been a whole paradigm shift for me to be able to work on these cool open source dem- financial applications that really democratize um, finance and traditional finance. So mm-hmm. it's been really amazing. It's, it started kind of with that DeFi summer, kind of diving in there when I was at Coinbase and seeing this Slack channel, which is DeFi. And I was like, oh, DeFi, what's that? Um, and it's just been a, an absolute snowball effect since then.
0: What about yeah,
1: I, it? Say... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Sorry, I'm just going to throw an extra question. What about it excites you guys about DeFi? Is it just the fact that it is democratized, decentralized finance, um, like that, just the idea of it, or is it all the things you can do? Um from collateralized debt to lending to leveraging to financing um like what is it exactly that's you know got you guys excited about it
2: i a big part of it for myself personally is like the the uncensorability uh just like it's great that we don't need a a large institution to help us like lend out our money Uh, in fact Mm -hmm. that's like really hard to do Is to just sort of casually lend any any capital that you might have. And now it's something that you can do. You're no longer locked in like a savings account with, with a bank like Wells Fargo, where you know the sorts of conditions that the bankers are under to like hit their account quotas. And they'll give you like 0.5% yield on your savings account and and like try to advertise that like cool thanks. I'm still losing to deflation. Um but a big part of, of DeFi that's that's interesting to me is just how how fast it moves. Like it's the space that everyone's excited about. And that kind of makes it exciting at a face level because there's new projects every day that you probably find an interest in, even if you're not like super financially literate or really interested in like turning a profit or learning about these products. Like personally, I think stable coins are like an incredible product. Um, And they're very tied in, like they're essential to the DeFi ecosystem. But even from like a macroeconomic point of view, they're super interesting. So there's always just new things to keep your eye out on.
1: And I think for me, another really cool aspect about DeFi is just the community aspect. I think I've never met a tighter community. And I think this idea of collaboration and continued collaboration is something that really distinguishes it from something like traditional finance In something like traditional finance, you won't see Wells Fargo and Chase like collaborating on something, but in something like DeFi, you'll see competing lending platforms like Compound and Aave working together to improve themselves, which I think is just such a nice ethos rather than, hey, we're gonna compete against each other. It's rather, hey, let's build this cool thing together because we can do this together and we can be and establish and exist together. So I think it's a really cool ethos and it's really exciting to me.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of cooperation across the space in the realm of defi because it's so early once it starts to you know really gain traction and people really start you know building out these decentralized finance products um, you know then that's when you'll see the competition just like you have with a number of different um, niches within blockchain under the True. fintech umbrella so it's very very early that's a sign of it but it's it's super exciting i was just on another uh, recording the other day was talking to amber group in china about it and we, we talked for quite a while about DeFi and stable coins and stuff like that it's a lot of people excited about it so you guys are definitely you got your mind in the right place
1: that's really cool yeah i think working on the decks last semester we actually chatted with amber group as well just to talk about how to properly design an amm so it's kind of cool yeah. to see just the crossing circles
0: Oh yeah. You'll cross circles with just about everybody in this space. (laughs) You guys mentioned your edX courses earlier. So what, what, what are who are they meant for? Are they meant for students to get, you know, extra education, um, in certain areas that you guys, you know, are putting out there, or is it for the everyday average person? Um, who, who are you targeting with those online courses?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I mean the courses, it depends on which uh course. So well, I suppose our, our edX offerings are actually targeted towards everyone. They're modeled after our fundamentals uh decal that we teach at Berkeley. And this is meant to give you like a super like honestly like a sandwich approach. We start top down on Bitcoin as like the motivational example, like why it needs to exist and its predecessors and things like that. And then we will cut in with like the mechanics, but we make sure to like had it, you know, give it an easy start. If you're non-technical, we make sure to like hit hard on the motivations on the high-level concepts, what is decentralization, and really warm people up. So we, we try our hardest to make it accessible to everyone. And we've seen a really diverse like demographic of, of students on the edX course. Uh, even though like originally it was modeled for university students, it seems to be porting over really well.
0: Yeah, I was kind of wondering if it was, you know, There was employer demands for their employees to get some type of baseline understanding of blockchain or if it was for like general continued education for any individual that that wants it or feels that they need it.
2: Well it's it's sort of both actually. You know, we've seen for example um at our our decal which was auditable if you're like in the Berkeley area, we had someone who was actually working full time at Google come take that class just because like they found Bitcoin to be like their sort of weekend hobby thing and they wanted to learn more about it. Um so yeah, we've got people coming in from from all over. We don't really discriminate.
0: Nice. What are your guys' thoughts, you know, on the current state of the the market right now. I guess everything from, you know, Bitcoin's crazy run up past, just barely past 40,000, Ethereum's, you know, gaining so much traction right now as a platform. Um, and then all the other altcoins in the market, you know, are, you know, growing very steadily. And then obviously things like DeFi and stable coins, a lot of things getting the limelight when you like take a step back and look at it and you guys, you know, you're involved in the space in a different way too, getting to see all these things happen, you know, through the club and everything. What do you guys think is, you know, going on with the market and do you think it's going to continue?
1: It's just really crazy how diverse this space is the fact that when you think about the blockchain space, we have to go through so many different subspaces and it we're in a really unique place where all of them just seem to be booming right now, which I think is really, really exciting. So, we can go down the line. I mean, Bitcoin to me is, of course, the quintessential example of a blockchain, and to see it booming and having publicity, which of course is amazing, is mm-hmm. is really exciting, and I'm just really happy to see it. For me, of course, I'm very much even more excited about things like Ethereum and Polkadot, where you're starting to kind of bring the logic and the logic layer, and the ability with smart contracts and programmable things into that, and the ecosystems there are quite insane. I mean. I've been wanting to kind of get into the NFT space as well and kind of seeing that always pop up all the time in my newsletters is pretty, pretty awesome. It's it's just a great time to be in blockchain. It's a great time to be a student in blockchain at Berkeley because you don't, there's not just, you're not just side into like one thing to think about. Um, and I think that's what I kind of take about the excitement around the current market that, um, that it's just a great time, great time to be here.
2: Yeah, I personally feel like all the all the hype that we've seen building, I mean, I, I don't know how to evaluate it. I'm definitely not in any way qualified to like, you know, predict what the markets will do. But I think like I'm still very long term bullish on, on crypto in general. Right now, crypto in general is like encapsulated pretty well by Bitcoin and Ethereum for me, just because at like at a bird's eye view, it's like investing in Bitcoin is kind of like I get the idea with blockchain and I buy into it. Uh, there's use cases outside of that, obviously for Bitcoin, it is not just a novelty, but it is sort of, it's like a great marker of like, this is generally the world's awareness about blockchain. And I still feel like that awareness to super low, like until we have, uh, you know, basically like, until we have schools teaching this at, at like high schools or, or earlier, like nowadays coding is taught even in like elementary schools sometimes like the very basic stuff. Um, and you can imagine what sort of exposure the software industry is getting in general from that. So once we start talking about like blockchain or cryptocurrency like earlier and earlier in education, that's when we're really going to see awareness. I think come up. Like I didn't know what jobs I wanted to go to unless I heard about them from like mm-hmm. one of my teachers at school usually, right? Um, so I, I think we've still like we're we're not at top. Uh, I don't think, but I don't know how long it'll it'll take.
1: Yeah, I think I think to us. Um... Just being part of this whole kind of buying into the blockchain manifesto um, and just being heads down into that, this growth that we're seeing right now is only just natural. It's it's just what we expected. And it's kind of just like, OK, it's, it's finally coming. It's finally here. So um, we yeah, exactly like Andrew said, the top isn't here and we expect a lot more to come.
0: Yeah, it's definitely getting to the point of price justification. At least with Bitcoin, it's you know really starting to make its case of being you know an actual asset to being a workable form of money going forward. It's, it that alone is really cool, obviously. And then the space is doing really well, and it's cool to get your guys's perspective on all of it too, because you guys are you know still in the university system, and I'm like four or five years removed. And when I was in college, nobody was talking about this stuff. If you brought it up, people would laugh at you. Now it's, I bet it's very different. Like you bring it up now and everyone has tons of questions, right?
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. And I think it was visualized by these past few days when we've been trying to recruit new students and I was talking to you about how we're having info sessions and students yeah. would come and it's kind of a trend that I've noticed. The questions that were being asked are now no longer weird, speculative, what do you think about the price of Bitcoin questions, but rather what does Bitcoin mean? What can it be? What can blockchain be? Um, Do we want decentralization? Do we want decentralization everywhere? These really interesting questions, um, which make us think so. I think it's kind of just showing that students are here to learn. Students are caring a lot more and really wanting to dive deep into this blockchain thing. I have people asking questions all the time. I mean, even in this last day with that whole Bitcoin double spend thing. And mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about that all the time in the slide. And maybe Andrew can touch on the discussions there. And we're here as blockchain at Berkeley to be an educated voice in that. And I think it's a great time to do that.
2: Yeah. I think that double spend news was a was a funny <laughs> example that happened recently. But it's like uh it still I think it just goes to show like the level of awareness that we're getting. Like so many people have their eyes on Bitcoin that the fact that like the, the article or like the news about the double spend gained that much traction meant that like that significant a portion of the people who are watching Bitcoin aren't really that uh educated about it. So kind of kind of lights the fire under our asses to mm-hmm. say like all right, we gotta push our content harder, we gotta get it out there. But like Nish was saying, like, I don't know, some of the some of the kids that are coming to our info sessions are so literate now. Like mm-hmm. I was talking to a freshman who wanted to apply that's already like tried his own hand at like an insurance startup on DeFi. And he's also like investing and, and trying to employ all these different strategies. So, uh, you know, we used to kind of be the single source for that on campus. Like if you wanted to learn anything blockchain, you go to BAB and now kids are coming to us already like pretty pretty familiar with it, which I think is a, is a great sign.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good sign. It shows that there's a lot of interest at a young age and that, you know, they're getting targeted too and they're finding those opportunities, jobs, ways to be creative. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really cool to see. Of, you know, all those students that are asking you these questions and that are you know, interested and that are educated on it so far that come to you guys, how many of them do you think will actually end up in the blockchain space? Is it just curiosity that's driving them or do you think they actually want a job to be a developer, to have a startup. I guess
1: it's pretty hard to kind of come up with any sort of metric or approximation there. But I will say that when we look at our blockchain at Berkeley members and the, the guys we bring in, the the end goal is to create a community of fiddlers in blockchain. So obviously, when I think about me as co-president, my goal is to have everyone find their path, start a startup, contribute to open source projects. To me, it's I love it to be 100%. And um, yeah, it, that's that's kind of really the goal for me, for everyone to find their passion around blockchain. And if they don't, that's fine. At least they were able to dive in as much as they could and see if it was that for them or not. So I just wanted to give students in and out of blockchain or Berkeley a complete view of what it's like to be a part of the blockchain space. And Because to me, it's a place that I love so much, just naturally, if I show them and we show them how awesome it is, I think they'll stick around is how I see it. Well, cool yeah
2: i i think that's really where blockchain at berkeley kind of comes in like i think that's our job most of the the people that apply you know some of them are already aware it's clicked for them and they know that mm-hmm. they're in it all the way but for a lot of them it is just sort of a trial period um so it, it's up to us to really paint out the the use case for them make them see the value prop and we've had a number of students go on and drop out and start their own companies and open the uh like the options uh like on-chain options on ethereum they actually their founders came from blockchain at Berkeley um so we've got a decent number of people uh, we've got some churn too in terms of career goals like not everyone goes into crypto but um I, I'm pretty happy I would say with how many of our members sort of come out of college really committed to the space
0: oh yeah I, I bet it pushes you guys you know stay incredibly knowledgeable and on top of everything too because you got everyone coming to you just as knowledgeable and you're like shit well we, we got to really know our stuff right
1: <laughs> yeah we got to keep up really is it's really motivational
0: anyways before we wrap up and close out the podcast uh, do you guys have any plans for 2021 from here going forward into the year um, in terms of where you want to take blockchain at Berkeley how you guys want to push it or grow it
1: yeah I think there are many ways to kind of go and I think it starts by looking internally Um, to me blockchain at Berkeley is our member's and what our members love working on and the projects that our members are working on. So for me as co-president, I just want to continue to create an environment where people feel like they can work on anything that they want. So internally, we've been doing things like that, kind of restructuring our departments and everything such that it almost feels like anyone can work on any sort of projects at any time. I've kind of mentioned these departments that we have, but now we're at the point where anyone in say, Andrew's education department can propose a project and have people from the consulting or other departments come together. Um, like that project with Token Terminal that he mentioned itself, it's actually being led by one of my friends from the consulting department. So it's really cool to just see a bunch of cross-collaboration there. Um, We've kind of talked about the diversity of the blockchain space a little bit, and Mm -hmm. I just want to cover all bases through Blockchain at Berkeley as much as people are interested in it. So we've seen a lot of DeFi. I'd love to see people dive into NFT and NFT use cases. We've talked about the blockchain research lab that we're trying to push for as well. That would be a pipe dream for 2021 as well. And of course, there are a bunch of things we'd love to do with the community, but I'll, I'll leave it to Andrew as well.
2: I mean, that really hit home for me. I'm a, I'm a big believer in open source. I think as much of our stuff as we can, any content we make, we should put it out there and just try to make all of BAB available to the world. Um, but, you know, we got to keep our content polished too, so we're always uh, finding the balance there. Um, but yeah, I think Nisha's point about internal collaboration is really what's going to push us forward uh, for this coming year because... Uh, we find that like a lot of our members unsurprisingly have overlapping interests, even if they're in a different department and kind of putting the infrastructure in place to let them really take off on their own self-motivated projects there, I think is gonna turn into some really cool findings and some great content for the world to share with, you know.
1: Oh yeah. And I'd kind of started by mentioning kind of the internal side of things. And I think that'll lead to Blockchain at Berkeley to continue to become a voice in the blockchain community more than ever. That's kind of the end goal blockchain of Berkeley is the blockchain space and we want to make it really feel like part of the blockchain space rather than just a university organization um so yeah it, it just means continued collaboration with guys like confounding Uniswap, like we're doing right now um finding new communities in the blockchain space to kind of integrate mm-hmm. with it's everywhere we just want to meet new people have them meet bab have us work with bab um yeah possibilities are endless
0: honestly Awesome. You know, very excited to see blockchain at Berkeley grow. It seems like you guys got a really good thing going there. Um, and it's probably a good place to wrap it up to Nishan. Is it Nishan or Nishon? Nishan?
1: Nishan. Nishan. Nishan? Nishan.
0: Okay. Perfect. Nishan, Andrew, thanks for taking the time to come on. Really appreciate it. I know you guys are probably very busy people. Um, so yeah, thanks for elaborating on what you guys do at blockchain at Berkeley and, you know, diving into it today on the podcast. And I think a lot of people will enjoy it. So Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks guys.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. This is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, of course. We can always do it again sometime. It's always fun, you know, chatting it up about blockchain and all the awesome stuff going on in the space. So yeah, anytime.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're happy. All
0: right. Perfect. I'll see you guys later. Stay healthy and stay safe.
1: Have a good one. Have a great one.